On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then we're ready for extra time, and this row happens. And it was shocking. Sometimes a bit of a person shoving match. We see Comer here and having a bit of verbals with, with James Morgan, a couple of men gets involved. Sometimes this is okay, Days, when it's the playing members that are involved and, and it's, a, it's a show of raw emotion and it's in the white heat of battle. It's okay up yeah, to a certain yeah, yeah. point, but after that point, it's, it's a disgrace. Today on the Indo Daily, Joe Brawley takes on bans for gouging. I mean, the eye goucher, no doubt, will get 12 months as a minimum. I would have thought possibly longer than that. I mean, it is a scandal to see that in our games. The GAA's failure to act on violence. Everything that happened will not see the light of day because we do have a sort of a conspiracy of silence in a way. And the GAA was saying, well, look, you know, we don't want to be seen as yapping about this. But some of the stuff that we done yesterday was really very, very, very bad. And being bored watching the Sunday game. It's got very, very, very anodyne. It's just not adult. I think that RT needs to look again at how they're presenting the games. But in terms of the discussions around the games and panellists and those sorts of things, they need to start again from scratch. I'm Fiannan Shane, and following the infamous brawl in Croke Park at the end of the Armagh-Galway All-Ireland Football Quarterfinal, I ask Ireland's most outspoken analyst where it's all going wrong in the GAA. So, Joe Brawley, a great success for the GAA suits in Croke Park this weekend with their new format and their condensed season. Plenty of content, social media trending, the whole country talking about it, but not the right reasons after the All-Ireland Football quarterfinals. What did you make of the scenes at the end of normal time? Uh, in Croke Park between Armagh and Galway. Most of the papers this morning carry pictures of the apparent eye-gouging incident during the fight at the end of the Galway-Armagh match yesterday. Some of them describe the fight quaintly as a melee, but Eamon Sweeney pulls out the thesaurus in today's Irish Independent, calling it a bust-up, a fracas and a Donnybrook. Well, I was at the game and I regret to say which is a far cry from the team that Kieran McGinney played on and that won the All-Ireland, which was a team of honour and integrity and uh, played within the accepted boundaries of what the GA is. You know, we respect our opponents, we battle ferociously against them, but we don't set out to injure them. 
and we don't set out to, 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 with malicious intent. And there is, unfortunately, a culture within this Armagh squad, and it's difficult to know if it's encouraged, but it's certainly been tolerated. This is the third time this season. And the most disappointing thing about yesterday's game was the number of occasions when you could clearly see an Armagh player um, setting out to injure an opponent. I mean, they got the red card for it was an atrocious challenge. And, you know, they say, oh, well, look, you know, the, the, the ball was there and the player had left himself exposed. We do not in the GAA, you know, and I've not played in teams where it happened, set out to maliciously injure an opponent. And it could have been a very, very serious injury. And the red card was absolutely warranted. It happened in front of us. Well, what happens if somebody pushes you? Do you push back? Well, I, I, no, but I'm just, what, what would you do? In this instance? No, what would you do? In this instance? What would you do? In this instance? What would you would do? I'm asking, I'm just, it's a very simple question. If somebody pushed you, would you push them back? And, and this I know, it's, it's a yes or no. Well, it's not. It's, it is, it is. If somebody never, pushes you, I'm just, it's a, like, you, you can't look for headlines if you're not going to, you're not going to ask, if you're not going to answer my questions, why should I answer you? I mean, on countless occasions, Shane Walsh had been struck, dragged to the ground. I mean, it was right in front of us. We saw very, very clearly. He was clearly struck at one point. And if it's captured on camera, the person who struck him will be sanctioned. But I mean, he struck him, left him on the ground, wrestled with him repeatedly. And on another occasion, um, Rian O'Neill was involved in an incident, which if the umpire had seen it or if the linesmen had seen it, I can't believe that they didn't see it. It was just a gratuitous punch. Uh, at, at, at one of the Galway players, Paul Conroy, I think it was, in front of us. And again, Porrick Joyce was enraged. And you could clearly see Sean Kelly was really perplexed and it was way beyond anything that he expected whenever the eye gouging took place. And Sean pursued the, the eye gouger and you could clearly see he was really just saying to him, like, what are you doing? He was gesturing about, about the eye gouge. He was saying, like, what are you doing? How can you possibly behave this way? And I thought their behavior was way outside the boundaries of the GAA contract, you know, which is that we're all in this together, that we have respect for each other. We battle for I mean, there, there were eight teams who desperately wanted to get to an All-Ireland semi-final. No one was prepared to behave the way Armagh did. And it's not good enough for Kieran McGinney to say, oh, well, look, there's a social media witch hunt. Well, there is. And the reason that there is, is because of the behavior of the group. And, uh, you know, there's no, you know, it cannot be, it cannot be glossed over because it is, I mean, I can remember going after the Tyrone team in the noughties, certainly starting about 2011, 12, when they started that culture of dragging down and lying down and feigning injury and all of that sort of thing on the basis that it was very corrosive to the game and that Mickey Hart was tolerating, you know, if not encouraging that regime. And the reason that it did that is because our community is very different from professional sports. You know, our community, in the end, if Toronto are doing well, we're doing well. If Cork are doing well, Antrim's doing well. You know, we want to see our boys doing well. We want to see the games thriving in every county. And we want, most importantly, our communities to be thriving and to have that spirit of camaraderie throughout the land that marks us out. You know, I remember Oshin McConville saying that they never really forgave Tyrone after Philip Jordan feigned injury in the All-Ireland Final in 2003. 
to get Dermot Morrison sent off. And then some of the Tyrone players applauded him as he was sent off because it was so far outside the GAA contract. And the reality is that the focus has to be on the culture that's in this Armagh group. The manager is ultimately responsible for it. It's quite clearly a permissive culture that allows them to, to think some of the players, not all of them, but some of them to behave in a way that is outrageous. And uh, I, I, I have no doubt that, that they're going to suffer a very serious punishment as a result, and it will be justified. What sanctions can one impose, though, against somebody who, who figures that eye-gouging is acceptable uh, in a scenario like that? Well, I mean, I think that if, if, if he was playing for any of the other teams that were left yesterday, he wouldn't have done that. And obviously, in the first instance, there has to be there has to be a, a focus on the culture in the group. And that's what's going to happen now over the next while. I'm more interested in the culture in the group than the behaviour of individuals because it was quite clear from how widespread it, widespread it was yesterday. I mean, Galway were hitting half-time and full-time, enraged because of what was going on all over the field. No, I, don't, I don't single out every Armagh player because there are some of those players who play with integrity and honour. And, you know, but, but you simply can't say... You simply can't say, well, look, you know, um, this is just uh, passions boiling over. This was deliberate goading, you know, deliberate assaults during the course of the game, way beyond what's acceptable. And I, I invite the GA to look at all of the camera footage. They should be asking RT for all of the camera footage because a lot was missed yesterday. And it's just, it's not good enough. I mean, look, Shane Walsh for yesterday was tortured I mean it was and he was constantly saying I mean at one stage he was left prone on the ground for a couple of minutes you know and it's not good enough to shrug it off it has to be dealt with and it has to be dealt with severely I mean the eye gouger no doubt will get 12 months as a minimum I would have thought uh, possibly longer than that I mean it is a scandal to see that in our games Deeply depressing. You know, Armagh is a great football county with a great tradition. I come back to the point: there was no harder team, there was no harder team than the team that Kieran McGinley captained to the All Ireland in in 2002. And that's how you play Gaelic football. You know, not not how the the current Armagh team are playing it. I mean, that's the third riot on the pitch that there's been this year associated with their games, and it is not a coincidence. And Kieran McGinney's defence after the game was fairly consistent across RTE and BBC. He spoke about trial by social media. Those things shouldn't happen, definitely shouldn't. But I, I think it's there's a few simple things we could do to stop it. But again, then trial by social media like is a is a very poor way to go. I showed the last time, but people had to sat there and actually watch the video. They might have got it right. We're the new boys in the block, and people are crap. are pecking oh, on us. And, and then oh, it was Derry are, here, here, Derry yeah. are new boys in the block, and nobody's saying that about Derry. Derry are, Derry are very, very, very new boys on the block. Nobody's saying that about us. I mean, the Derry team plays ferociously, tackles ferociously, workaholics all over the pitch. You know, give no quarter, but there's nothing like that. We have respect for our opponents, you know, and, and that's because there's a culture in the group and a culture in the county of respect for your opponents. So there's, there's no hiding place. I, I, I disregard that entirely. I disregard that entirely, you know. That's just that's just rhetorical. Do you think this culture is is isolated so to Armagh? It's it's unfair to drag in other Ulster counties 
uh, under that under that umbrella of an of an increasing cynicism in the game. I don't know what I don't know what you mean by that. This is not about this is not about professional fouling or cynicism. This is about a this is about a, a culture where players are being permitted within that culture, or they're being allowed. It's being tolerated to go to go out to injure an opponent. And where you know, does and that to, and, where does that come and, from? And to behave and to behave in a really malicious, nasty way towards the opponent. So th- does that come from the, the, the group? Does it come from coaching levels? I mean, I remember, I remember after me had played Tyrone in the year where I went after Tyrone for the Dragon Down and Sean Kavanagh most memorably against Monaghan. And I remember going into the tunnel in Croke Park after the their ga- Tyrone's game against me. I think it was the quarterfinal or the last 16 game. And they had systematically dragged down Meath. And I was in the tunnel with the, and the Meath group were there together. And I said, are you not going in for your bike to eat, lads? Because, you know, the teams go in together and they, they said, we're not, we're, not, we're not going in there, you know. They were, they were so disgusted. They weren't even going to go in and share a meal with the Tyrone boys. You know, they were getting on the bus to go back home. And they were enraged. Fuck them. You know, it's a fucking disgrace. And I'm no doubt that's, that's, um, reaction of, of, of the Galway grip to yesterday. And, you know, everything that happened will not see the light of day because we do have a sort of a conspiracy of silence in a way in the GA. We say, well, look, you know, we don't want to be seen as yapping about this. But some of the stuff that went on yesterday was really very, very, very bad. Never mind the eye gouging. Put it to you this mm-hmm. way, there's a venom in the way that they behave that's very, very obvious. Not all of them, and I'm very careful to say that because a lot of those Armagh boys conduct themselves in the highest sporting standards, but it's quite clearly being tolerated on the part of some of them. So at this point, you think uh, quite firmly a, a line needs to be drawn because you say they're, they're, they're out of control. Their t- they're, they're, they're out of control, and it's only a matter of time before somebody gets very seriously injured. You know, their behaviours this year, I mean, we saw, the, we saw what happened in the Tron game, the Donegal game. I mean, these are not coincidences. It's not happening to anybody else. You know, they're out of control and somebody's going to get seriously injured. Let me put some of the other elements in the equation put to you as well. People were citing, well, emotions were high. Uh, there's no replays anymore. Uh, emotions are always high. winner takes emotions all. Emotions are always high. Mm-hmm. What about players shouldn't be going down the tunnel at the same time that that's another element of the equation here oh yeah well what's next what's next we'll have guard a horse patrols segregating the teams at half time you know we'll segregate we'll segregate them in blocks in the stands you know we'll 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 we'll, we'll tear apart the, the essence of the GA which is that we're all travelling the same road together as neighbours and friends and sporting rivals you know, what's next? We turn into Celtic, Glasgow Celtic, Glasgow Rangers. Sometimes there are heated passions. But the reason that passions were so heated at halftime was because of the, or, or, or at the end of full time, was because of the behaviour of, of some of the players in the Armagh group, which was like way, way out of line. We thought that the linesman on our side, on the, on the Hogan side, was incredibly passive in the face of constant constant bad behaviour. Now, they say like he couldn't possibly have missed that. Porrick Joyce kept going to him to say, like, are you joking? Did you not see that? Now of course things happen very quickly. But it was a terrific argument for the third ref 
I mean, if you had a TV ref there, Armagh would have had a number of sendings off in the game, you know, and, and players would know this is not going to be tolerated because there's no cover for it. You are going to be caught because the cameras are going to pick this up, you know, and, and the TV ref is such an easy measure, like at halftime, for example, or at the end of full time. What happens is Sean Kelly gets sent off, in my view, entirely unjustified. Now, I know he did a bit of pushing. Technically speaking, that's getting involved in a melee. But the reason that he became so irate, and I thought was extremely restrained, was because he saw the eye gouging. He pursued the eye gouger. He didn't push him or hit him. He himself was pushed and slapped two or three times by him. But all he was doing was like, you could see him gesturing in the eye gouge and saying like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? We should be here praising a great game. Instead, we're looking at disgraceful scenes. A shame on all the players involved. But it's absolutely, I mean, there, there was a gouging incident. This is, this is terrible. And it's a shame on all the players involved. But Jesus, holy God. And I thought Sean showed remarkable sportsmanship when he was sent off then at the start of extra time. He shook hands with his arm opponent, young Nugent, who I also thought had played very well. Uh, he shook hands with him and I thought that was very sporting. And in a way it sort of assisted, it assisted the atmosphere for the rest of the game. But, um, you know, I have to profoundly disagree with you that we need to start taking measures to segregate teams and players because it's the antithesis of antithesis of what we are. The third ref would make a massive difference. TV ref, the eye in the sky, and all of a sudden players know, look, if I do something like that, I'm going to be picked up and I'm going to be severely sanctioned for it. You know, now what happens is Armagh could easily have won that game. There were two or three Armagh players who should not have been on the pitch. They could easily have won that game. And, you know, in spite of how they'd behave, they'd be sitting in an All-Ireland semi-final. Can I put it to you, though, Look, look back over the past two generations, the the dirty dozen for the the Dubs winning in All Ireland uh, against Galway, the the famous Mayo Mead Malee in in 1996. So this this behaviour is isn't new, or are you saying it's been taken to well, a, a whole new? Years, hold on, hold on. How many years? I'm going back 20, going 25 on that one, and I'm going back almost 40 on the other. Here, John Casey jumping in to readjust John McDermott's head a little bit. And here, I think you have probably the worst incident in the McManus following through with a stiff arm tackle on John Casey. Here, Liam McHale arrives, jumps in, and a wonderful gap opens up. He hits no one at all and goes straight through. But unfortunately, the entire county of Meath seemed to come on top of him, and the poor man got an awful killing in this, in this incident. You know? Apart from what Kieran Duff did, all of that, all of the rest, that was... You know, at least it was honest man-to-man stuff. The game was different then, you know, and 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 there was a code of honour about the game. And and I, I think, in many ways, the game has never never been safer to play. Players always had a responsibility not to go over the line. And you know, there's no point in saying, "Oh, well, look, look at what happened 40 years ago." Or there's another example, 25 years ago, when Meath and Mayo went at it for a few minutes, you know, and no particular harm was done. We're not talking about that. I don't understand why you're bringing that up. Well, I'm putting it to you that is is, is is are violent incidents as we saw yesterday. Are they a new element of the GA, or have they been there over time? Like I come back to the point. There's a boundary line, and we all know where the boundary line is. You know, whenever you're going out and you're 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 you feel you feel that without sanction from management, you can go out and deliberately injure another player, you know, or you can go out and eye gouge 
thinking that, okay, as long as I'm not caught by the officials, that's not going to pose any problem from the management's point of view because there are not going to be any sanctions against me. You know, if the criteria is, look, don't get caught, then then that's not good enough. And I, I you know, and I'm not a pylon merchant on these things. You know, I've, uh, you know, I, I avoid interviews, you know, somebody punches somebody or there's an isolated incident. You say, oh, do you think oh, this is terrible? Isn't this absolutely terrible? I'm not saying that at all. But I was dismayed, you know, and I was supporting our ma 100%. Like in the six counties, we support our boys 100%. doesn't matter who they are. Thrown down our ma. I mean, I was cheering from our, for our ma and cheering when the, when the freak goals went in and all the rest of it. But I was very, very dismayed by what I saw and extremely disappointed. You know, and, um, and Kieran McGinney shouldn't be saying that there's a social media witch hunt. What does that even mean? I'm not quite clear. You know, it's, his, his, it's, like Boris, it's like Boris Johnson world. You know, <laughs> shouldn't be saying that. He should be saying, look, we're going to be looking very seriously at this. We take our obligation as GA people extremely seriously. You know, of course, of course, I will defend my players. You know, and we're going to have our own internal discussion about this and our own internal investigation. You know, because our players must, in the end of the day, be held to the standards of the GA community. You know, and if anyone has stepped outside those boundaries, you know, I will deal with that because we treat our obligations as GA people very, very seriously. You know, but there does seem to be a lack of confidence in the GA disciplinary measures at the moment. If, as you say, people think once I'm not seen, I can I can get away with it. You're seeing suspensions being overturned on technicalities. You're, 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 no, 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 no. So they're they're just cliches. Mm-hmm. If this fellow's if this fellow's done for for eye gouging, there won't be any there won't be any technicalities on it. This lack of confidence that you talk about, I think that the big problem is this, and it's always been the big problem. And I do a lot of cases in the DRA, and the big problem is that it is impossible for a referee and linesman to adequately police the game. It's impossible. Rugby dealt with the problem by use of the the video ref. I'll give you a good example. Full time in, in normal time yesterday. The video ref says, look, I'm um, going to uh, send you down the footage from various angles. You can see it for yourself. You'll see who is offended. Um, and, and if you have any queries, come back to me. So the referee sits down with his officials. They watch it. They watch it for themselves. Now they can see, look, Sean Kelly's involvement in this is, uh, as a captain, remonstrating with someone who's behaved outrageously towards one of his own players and clearly asking him, why would you behave in that way? Okay, Rather than setting Sean Kelly off because he said, oh yeah, Sean Kelly was over there with that guy and they seemed to be pushing each other. How, I mean, how could they possibly have arrived at those two sendings off when in fact... On the, on the video footage, those players were tangential to what was actually happening. So that's what that's the sort of thing that drives people insane and creates a sense of simmering grievance. What we need to do is a system that helps us to get it right. Unlike rugby, for example, where players are in a very small area of the field because of the offside rule, etc. I mean, a Gaelic football referee needs to have eyes in the back of his head, and we saw that yesterday. This is where the video ref is essential. David Goff, our best referee, you know, by a long, long way, has been calling for a video ref for several years now. It's easy. We're already watching it on video. There's already a fourth official. You know, so it's a very, very easy step to take. 
you know, and that and that will help to police good standards of behaviour and help us to get it right. And then and then you don't have this anymore. In rugby, they don't say, ah, we have no confidence in the system. The reason they don't have any problems like that is because it's transparent. The crowd can see it. Everybody can see that the right decision has been reached because they show you it. And the official then tells you exactly why he's reached that decision in consultation, you know, in calm consultation with his other officials. And we need that for big games like that. Because at the moment, the GAA disciplinary system and referees depend on the goodwill of the players. And if and if and if they're if if that goodwill of the GAA is going to be abused the way it was yesterday by Armagh, well then that goes out the window. Why do you believe that GAA authorities are not moving in this direction? What's what's the issue at hand that the use of technology and, and the enforcement of the rules through the rules of use of technology isn't being employed? I think the I think the the the, the only possible argument well it'll slow the game down. Well, I mean that's a joke for a start. I mean if Gaelic football gets any slower, you know we'll not be moving at all. Uh, so so the 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 and this this sort of uh, uh, kindergarten approach in Crow Park, where as soon as there's an incident, they turn the video off and give you an ad from Supermax or something. You know where you're like, what the hell? This infantilization of the support. You know, instead of, and that drives people mad as well, and it all factors into this. People saying, well, what was that decision for? How did that happen? What did he actually do? You know, and then you, you can't see it. Oh, we better not show the people that because they make get upset. You know, and it's all part of this infantilization of the support. We, we couldn't see a lot of these incidents yesterday because they wouldn't show them again. My son was ringing me from Boston and said, geez, the TV's awful. You should see what X has done. He has gouged Y. And you should see what 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 sort of Z has done with A. You should you know somebody's ringing you. So you know we we need to get all of this right, and 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 to restore confidence, there must be transparency, and we must see that the decision has been reached in a sensible and methodical way, whether we agree with it or not. You know, so often in rugby they'll debate afterwards, but it's reduced it's reduced to very civilized debating because people can see that the right process is being followed and that the right decisions are being reached. Why was I not hearing points articulated like this when I was watching coverage last night in particular? I was seeing, you know, Pat Spillane was, was busting a, a blood vessel, obviously. Because, because, because RTE sacked me. Okay. Why are the remaining panellists then not making points like this? Is it that RTE and, and the GA, they're, they're too intrinsically linked now? The relationship is too, is too cosy? <laughs> I just I think that there's a I think that there's a there's a a trend a very strong t- trend towards harmless broadcasting and not saying anything that may may offend anyone or may be controversial or that or that is honest and raw and uh, we see that you know I call it little kittens broadcasting. And then we're ready for extra time and this row happens and it was shocking and sometimes a bit of a person shoving match we see Comer here and having a bit of verbals with, with James Morgan a couple of men gets involved sometimes this is okay days when it's the playing members that are involved and, and it's, a, it's a show of raw emotion and it's in the white heat of battle it's okay up yeah, to a certain yeah, yeah. point but after that point it's, it's a disgrace frankly people are fed up with it they're bored with it they're fed up with it I mean everywhere I go like I mean if a thousand people came up to me in Croke Park over the two, the, the two days and said Jesus got so boring Christ almighty nobody says anything you know it doesn't give us anything to talk about you know and uh, and, and that is right there's an infantilization of the audience 
you know, there's a there's a failure to deal sort of honestly. I mean, this word controversial, generally speaking, means people being honest and honestly expressing an opinion. Um, and we need to move again towards that model. I mean, American sports are brilliant at this. The NBA, uh, I watched the NBA finals. And I mean, the honesty of the broadcasting and the rawness of it, you know, and the good humor and all of that. That's what people want because it's realistic. You know, we get enough propaganda from our politicians without getting it when we turn on the Sunday game, which is supposed to be our recreation and our fun. I mean, I heard Des Cahill saying a few weeks ago in an interview with the Independent, you know, that it had got so dull now that all the fun had gone out of it. You know, boy, he's not joking. I mean, used 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 to be used to be we rushed to the telly at half time to to hear what everybody had to say. Now you turn it off. Can I ask do you, you? Do you deny? Do you, no, do you I, deny I, that? I, I'm not. I mean, I was I was shocked to see some of the, how how tame some of the commentary was last night on this yeah, incident. I mean, you're, as though, you're it seems as though he might have. He see, it seems as though he might have put his hand towards his eyes, you know. But on the other hand, he's got little kittens at home, and he's very good to his little kittens. It's okay up to a certain point, but after that passes it's a disgrace but it, it seems to be almost contextualizing uh, the incidents that we were seeing b- before us rather than a, a systematic breakdown of exactly what happened and who needs to be punished aye aye like it's it's uh, it's all this sort of false stuff you know you know it's not how it's not how we talk about it I mean I would say I would say look that you, 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 the test is you know how you talk how, how you talk about it with your friends or how you talk about it with the bar in the bar or in the clubhouse you know when you're watching something you know and often you would think of the different games being watched you know and it's got very 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 anodyne and um, there's a it's just not adult it's not adult and I think that I think that RT needs to look again at at how they're presenting the games. I think that there's some aspects of it that are excellent. Um, but in terms of the discussions around the games and panelists and those sorts of things, they need to start again from scratch because they're getting it all wrong. You know, when people stand at podiums as though they were as though they were politicians getting ready for the leaders debate. You know, now you go, now you go, now it's your turn, now it's your turn. You know, it's all so stilted and dull. And uh you know, it's a it, it's a travesty of what it should be because you know, and truth be told, there are a lot of interesting people there, but there's a culture of fear. People are people are not prepared to say what they actually mean, what they want to say, because they know it's not going down well. You know, I used to be repeatedly warned. You know, be careful what you say today, because like what we're talking about football. You lost your mind. Finally, who is going to win of of the remaining four teams? So here's what I think is going to happen. Right, nobody nobody has the desire that the Derry team has at the moment. We're unproven at the higher level, albeit that we're Ulster champions and very impressive Ulster champions. But we're unproven at the higher level, but nobody has our desire. The only other team that's got our teamwork is the Dubs. So I think that I expect Derry to beat Galway because I think we're fanatical, we're obsessive. Like Kulku, we've been schooled and rehearsed in a system where everybody knows exactly what everybody else is doing. It's a collective that functions with remarkable efficiency. So I would not be surprised if Derry beat Galway. Dublin without Conor Callaghan aren't the same, but nonetheless, they're still extremely efficient and they're workaholics. They will, they're the only other team who will work as hard as Derry. You know, and they've got the teamwork. I expect them to beat Kerry, who are heavily reliant on David Clifford. They're very unconvincing. Like Mayo were a ghost team. 
Like they they're totally disorganized. I mean, if your if your left leg doesn't know what your right leg is isn't do, isn't is doing, you're not going to be able to walk. Ne- never mind running. May were just a complete mess. She wouldn't know how to even analyze them. So I expect Derry to beat Galway, Dublin to beat Kerry, and Dublin to beat Derry in the final. And my thanks to Joe Brawley. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today's episode was produced and researched by Gareth Mulhall, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from RTE, The Sunday Game, and the BBC. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. <laughs>